Hey, hello everybody, hello everybody. Here we are, back again with the man of the hour, man of the day, man of the year, Judge Andrew Napolitano and Salenti and the Judge. Again, this is very important and, and it's a real honor to have a talk and an understanding of what life is in America and what it's become, what it's about, and how our rights are being stolen from us, and the outright criminality of the actions that are being taken that are robbing us of those rights and others. And there's no man in the United States that knows the Constitution, that's a judge, that is really a man of action as well as words in talking about how we're losing these rights and the effects that it's going to have on us and has on us. And his latest article is, When Are Secrets Not Secrets? And it's about when the murderous George W. Bush, he doesn't call him murderous, I do, because this is a guy, another daddy's boy, born on third base and thought he had a home run, that lied us into the Iraq War saying that Saddam Hussein had weapons of mass destruction and ties to al-Qaeda. And the media went along with it. We did an article in one of the Trends journals about how few people the media had on talking against the war and the lies that were being told. And major newspapers like the New York Times selling the lie that Saddam Hussein was getting them aluminum tubes and all this other crap and that he had weapons of mass destruction and ties to al-Qaeda, all of which proved false. But yet, the war went on for many years, people killed, the whole country destroyed, and not a word, not a word that the president lied us into this war, no Nuremberg trials, and his other war, the Afghan war, you know, anybody that said anything or didn't look right boy, you were in trouble or else you, uh, they'd even send you to Guantanamo. And this is an article about how last week President George Bush's torture regime, this is, this is a quote from the article, reared its head in unusual argument before the Supreme Court. Judge, please tell us about that argument before the oh, Supreme Court. Gerald, uh, it's a pleasure to be on with you. You know, when I before the cameras came on, when I kiddingly said, what are we going to talk about? You said, well, we're going to talk about how you might end up in Guantanamo Bay. And I said, yes. And the government will claim that they have secret evidence that they can't reveal because it's a state secret. Uh, so this concept of state secrets, when the government has information that it says justifies confining someone or in this case, torturing someone. Uh, and it can't reveal what that information is. That issue is uh, four square before the Supreme Court of the United States. This case was argued just last week. So just by way of brief background, this guy Abu Zabaida was picked up by a militia in Pakistan in 2002, turned over to the CIA. The Bush administration said he was a high-ranking uh, Al-Qaeda member, a member of their management team, who had valuable information about Al-Qaeda and the United States government needed it. So they tortured him in Poland for four years. Huh. At the end of the brutal, brutal torture, huh. the CIA 
said to the Department of Justice, this guy's not an Al-Qaeda. He's been telling us the truth and we have no evidence of anything against him. And they told the same thing to Senate investigators. They still shipped him to Guantanamo Bay. So he's been in Guantanamo Bay since 2006 when Justice Gorsuch on the Supreme Court last week said to the federal prosecutor, how can you keep somebody confined like this uh, from since 2006 for uh, 17 years without any evidence of wrongdoing? The response was, it's a state secret. So the whole concept of what is a state secret is before the court. Um, when he the torture was over, his lawyers filed a criminal complaint against the CIA, its American psychologists, and the Polish uh, intelligence agents who actually did the torture before the European Commission on Human Rights. And they found that the torture did take place, and they referred it to Polish prosecutors. Polish prosecutors subpoenaed the evidence of the torture from the Justice Department. The Justice Department said it's a state secret. Back to the Supreme Court, Justice Gorsuch. What do you mean it's a state secret? These two psychologists wrote a book about it and they described what they did and who this guy was in the book. How can something be a state secret? The prosecutor. When we're fighting a war, our ability to keep secrets is enhanced. Justice Kavanaugh. Oh, what war are we fighting? The prosecutor. We're fighting a war in Afghanistan. The whole courtroom breaks out in laughter. Are you the only person in the world who thinks we're still fighting a war in Afghanistan? This is why I called it a very unusual oral argument, in which the government's arguments were irrational, nonsensical, and based upon a governmental urge to hide its wrongdoing, its embarrassment, its lawless behavior. There are statutes against, there's a statute against torture that George W. Bush signed into, into law and his administration still did it. And now the Biden administration, well, it's, it's the collective uh, attitude of those in the Justice Department that the government could do no wrong, is still trying to defend it and still trying to keep it secret. Why is this important to the people watching us now? Because of the humorous one-liner that you and I articulated before the cameras came on. If they can do it to him, they can do it to anybody. If this state secrets nonsense, which is a fraud, can be used by the government, if the government can say we have a secret and we can't reveal it, and judges will just accept that without looking at the secret and deciding whether or not it will adversely affect its revelation will adversely affect national security, then we don't have to process in this country. Well, we don't. And, and again, you were going back in this article about how this all began uh, in, in October 6, 1948. A government plane was leaving Robbins Air Force Base. The plane crashed. The crew was killed. The spouses of the crew, who all collected the statutory amount of money that you get when your spouse is in the government service and dies on government duty, sued the government, not for money, but to find out who manufactured the plane and why it crashed. The government said, we can't tell you, it's a state secret. The case went all the way to the Supreme Court. In 1953, the Supreme Court upheld the government's argument. In those years between 1948 and 1953, Federal prosecutors told at least a dozen federal judges 
that the information about this plane was a state secret. In 2001, we're now um, uh, 50 years, 49 years after the crash. In 2001, reporters filed Freedom of Information Act requests to find out what the state secrets were involving this plane crash in 1948, which was the beginning, the genesis of the state secrets doctrine in American law. And a federal judge ordered the government to reveal the secrets. And what they revealed was there were no secrets. There were no secrets. A whole argument that the Supreme Court bought, hook, line, and sinker, was a fraud. And all the dozens of times that the government has used this argument in the past 68 years, and it always wins when it uses the argument because the judges are too timid to pierce the argument and say, show me the secret in secret, and I'll decide if it's a secret. They didn't do that. The government just bought this fraud. It's a horrible fraud, and it's been used by the government to mask its unlawful behavior. It, and, and it's it's across the board. I mean, yes. we have no freedom. I mean, you know, going back to this, um, what you were talking about here, that they, the, this clown um, who, who uh, defend, you know, said we're at war, what was never declared? Right. Right? Mm-hmm. War well, in Afghanistan war, was never declared. I mean, the war that he's talking about is one of the two wars that George Bush lied us into. And when the government, when the Congress did enact the Authorization for Use of Military Force, commonly known by its initials, AUMF, it enacted two, one to invade uh, Afghanistan to find the perpetrators of 9-11, and the other to invade Iraq because Saddam Hussein tried to kill my daddy, something Bush reluctantly once uh, in an unguarded moment admitted to. But both of these wars uh, were based on lies. Um, whatever what the though, legal authority for those wars were, whatever lies were told to Congress, they are over. They're no longer being fought. We know that. Right, but I'm saying, though, they weren't wars per se. They like were, not, said, was, they were right. not wars declared by Congress. The last time Congress declared war was December 8th, 1941. And, and if we're talking about, you know, trials and judges, and number one, what are we doing in Guantanamo? Isn't that a place down there in Cuba? We and what have, are we doing with uh, a, why is America down there? That's not our land. We, we don't we, own that. We leased a military base from the government of Cuba in the Teddy Roosevelt administration and then announced we would never leave. Yeah. <laughs> and Bush, could you imagine, could you imagine another country doing that to America? Right. 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 And Cuba, have, how about Cuba having a, made a deal with uh, Teddy Roosevelt and, and they, had a, they had a prison in Miami? Correct. It would, it would be comparable. You're right. It would start a war. Um, how, how about the Chinese leased some land from uh, Texas and decided they were never going to leave? So we never left. And that's why uh, Bush and his attorney general, Alberto Gonzalez, decided send these uh, prisoners to Guantanamo Bay. The Constitution doesn't apply, the laws don't apply, and the federal judges can't uh, regulate you. Uh, Justice Sandra Day O'Connor wrote a terrific opinion saying, forget about it. Wherever the government goes, the Constitution goes with it, and it must comply with the Constitution. 
That's what started a lot of these litigations about why people are there. That's why we went from 700 prisoners down to 36. And there hasn't been a single trial down there yet because of state secrets. I mean, this is a catch-22. We arrest you because you're bad, but we can't prosecute you because we can't tell a court what we, how we got evidence about you or what the evidence is, but we know you're bad, so we can't let you go. I mean, Joe Stalin would rejoice at such a circular logic if he could have used it. And this is the new America. Yes. And you make a point here that <laughs> the government undermines the Constitution when it lies and when it tortures. What kind of society enforces criminal laws against harmless drug users, but not against harmful government torturers? I don't know how you answer that question, except to say a depraved government-centric society does that, and that's what we have today. I am happy this oral argument happened. I am happy the government was humiliated. I don't know what the outcome of this is going to be. But for those of us who follow these things for a living, I have a moral duty to reveal this to the American public through this podcast and through other uh, outlets available uh, to me, because the American public has the right to know what the government does in its name. It lies. It tortures, it wages illegal wars, and it tries to keep it all secret. And as you point out here, it's prosecution to the fullest for we the little people. But these murderers, they do whatever they want. It's not only, I mean, the whole, again, as I say, it's, 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 a, it's a crime syndicate. Yes. You know, now, I have to tell you this. Th these uh, psychologists... Um, and these CIA agents and the Polish, and Polish intelligence agents are defendants in a criminal prosecution in Poland. I suspect, I do not know this to be true, I suspect President Bush pardoned the psychologists yeah. and the CIA agents, so they would never have written this book about this stuff. Yeah. He could not pardon the Polish intelligence agents for violating the Polish laws uh, against torture, and those guys will probably be prosecuted and exposed in uh, in Poland. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's all. They get pardoned. The president pardoned me. You could do anything you want. The president pardoned me. Right, right. That's the attitude that, that uh, Bush uh, furthered in the CIA. Do whatever you have to, and I'll pardon you. We don't even know how many pardons he issued, because the pardons are, no surprise, a state secret. Again, as you say, you know, it's prosecution to the fullest for we the little people and a slap on the wrist for the major criminals. And again, you could go, you could go through, look at, look at the banking uh, bandits over there. A, a thing like J.P. Morgan Chase. They rigged the precious metals market. Not a, not a uh, conspiracy theory. Convicted of fraud. If you or I did something like that, boy, oh boy, but boop, a slap on the wrist, a little fine... Oh, and what did that Jamie Dimon, the head of the Bankster Group, make last year in a salary? Oh, only $31.7 million. Wow. Well, I think Chase's profits last year uh, were a billion. Profit. Yeah. yeah. But yet, 
for us, and again, talking about all this, why, what, what happened to the Nuremberg <clears throat> trials? And why well, aren't a President Bush, a Dick Cheney, I got to be proper, Penis Cheney, how come these liars, how come they haven't been brought up to trial for lying us into the Iraq war? right in front of our eyes. How come this has not been a trial? All right, let me address uh, Nuremberg in two two ways. First, George W. Bush has been indicted by a Spanish prosecutor in the EU. There is, as we speak, an EU-wide arrest warrant out for him. He cannot go to the EU unless he wants to risk uh, being arrested and detained and prosecuted for war crimes. But the other aspect of Nuremberg is not only the trials at Nuremberg, which were based on the theory that the German government violated the natural law by slaughtering innocents. It may not have violated German law, but it violated the natural law. That's a great, uh, a great leap in the right direction that there's a law that governs all governments and they can't change it. But the Nuremberg Code, which is a treaty to which the United States is a signatory, prohibits doing some of the very things that the Nazis did, (laughs) like forcing people to take experimental drugs against their will. Gee, does that sound familiar, Joe Biden? Does that sound familiar? Andrew Cuomo and Phil Murphy and all these other governors that are trying to punish the unvaccinated? It's a violation of an international treaty as well as a violation of the American Constitution and your your sovereignty over your own body for the government to force you to take a vaccination, a vaccine, particularly an experimental one, against your will. Why is there no uprising? Why why isn't any... You're the only person talking about this, the information that you are now putting out to the people, the knowledge that you have so deep and, 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 and so legally sound is not being heard anywhere, anywhere. I mean, this is, it is a, it's a crime against humanity. Well, we're in a similar situation to that which you described earlier during this podcast, Gerald, when you reminded the listeners of how one-sided was the media and the uh, opinion makers with respect to the war in Afghanistan and the war in Iraq. It is the same thing now. It is so one-sided. Now, my arguments are based on reason and law. If they were based on science, and Mark Zuckerberg and his crowd didn't like the science, then they would take us off of their uh, platforms. That's how one-sided this is. But I can tell you, without any dispute, it is unconstitutional for the government to force you to take a medication because you have sovereignty over your own body. That's a a no-brainer. The Supreme Court has ruled that in several cases. But you don't hear those arguments being made today. All you hear today is the demonization of those who don't take vaccines. The unconstitutionality of this. You're right, no one, no one but you talks about that. I've not heard that, that what you just said. Could you repeat that one more time? Sure. 
The Supreme Court has ruled that you have sovereignty over your own body, that the decision maker for what goes into your body is you and not the government. It is therefore unconstitutional for the government to compel or harass or coerce you into taking a vaccine against your will. You have the right in every state in the union as a sick person to refuse medication. You certainly have the right as a healthy person to refuse medication. This is a no-brainer, but the government doesn't want to hear this argument. And they don't never speak about that on the media at all. No, no, they don't, they don't care about the Constitution. They don't even care about common sense, which is why this prosecutor told the Supreme Court we're still fighting the war in Afghanistan. And of course, it show, it show, yeah. and that shows you the level of arrogance and stupidity of the people in charge of our lives. Yes. And look at these little kids that they're forcing to... You can, no, you don't go to school if you haven't been vaccinated. I mean, it, it's just like little kids walking around with masks on, freaked out outside when the chances of getting the virus outside are less than 1%. Right. According to the data. According to their own data, right. Yeah. Right. And, and, and the recovery rate of people 1 to 19 years old is only 99.997%. I don't know what the answer to all this is, Gerald. We, we, uh, you and I are in the business of exposing the government and, and doing so rationally. And I, I try to ground my arguments in the law as it is written and as it's understood and as it's practiced and as the Supreme Court has interpreted it. But nothing seems to change. Maybe, maybe there'll be little changes. Maybe the Supreme Court will obliterate this state secrets uh, document. Maybe the Supreme Court will, will order the government to release people that it has no uh, evidence against. Uh, I don't know where it's going to go. I don't know if this is just a happy blip because the justices beat up on, the, on this... Uh, poor federal prosecutor, or if it's going to result in some significant change in our jurisprudence. I can't, yeah. I can't predict the outcome. Yeah, well, you know, it's, uh, it, it, this is, it's, it's beyond the belief of what's going on right now and, and how our rights are being robbed from us right in front of our eyes. And I have to tell you, you know, you know is, again, you know, the magazine this week's was, what, 165 pages, last week 179 pages. The, this is going to go down big. There's going to be a very strong force of people that are going to unite uh, in a populist movement against the government. Not only in the United States, but in many nations. You saw what happened in Italy over the, over the past weekend. Nearly 100,000 people took to the streets. And what they have is they only focus on, oh yeah, they broke into the, you know, the... Uh, the union office, and they, oh, and they did disruption. You know, they, they, they smashed things down. They had no right doing it. The Asians provocateurs always do that. Right. But the point that I'm making is there is a sizable segment of society that is uniting against the draconian laws, the rights that have been stolen from us, and I believe there's going to be a very strong populist movement I'd say they're going to be anti-vax, anti-tax, anti-establishment. And I th there's going to be a big pushback. Again, 
The reason that Donald Trump won the election in 2016, and again, the Trends Journal was the first magazine in 2016, May, to call him a winner. It wasn't that people liked him so much. They couldn't stand Hillary Clinton and the establishment. Her negative ratings were nearly as high as Trump's. So the people are going to be looking for dramatic change. Yes. And I believe that now, more than any time in my lifetime, there's never been a better time to form a new anti-establishment, anti-vax, anti-tax political movement. Well, you've been working in that for a long time, and now, now all these ideas and all this animosity and all this government misbehavior is becoming exposed and it's coming together. And I agree with you, it's, it's international. We'll see where it goes, my dear friend. And one other thing, you mentioned about the, um, the Spanish court bringing, wants to bring George W. Bush up for trial. How come nobody in America has tried to do that? Because most prosecutors in America are part of the establishment. I mean, there's no question but that Bush and Cheney uh, are war criminals. The question is, who has the courage to prosecute them? Has, any, has anybody tried to do that? Did, did, I, you know? I, I don't think so, or I would know about it, and I've not, I've not heard about it. Boy, uh, I would like to do that. How can I go about doing that? <laughs> You'd have to have Joe Biden appoint you as the United States attorney for the Northern District of New York, and then you could do it. <laughs> but, but could anybody, could a, could a citizen sue or anything? Uh, that would be novel. Yes you, yes, you could do that, but it would be novel. I'm not sure how, how it would go. It wouldn't, wouldn't result in an arrest. It would result in a declaration uh, that it happened. Yeah. The, the one in Spain, or it's actually EU-wide, uh, is a criminal prosecution if he ever sets foot uh, in the EU. Well, well, we have criminals in charge. As I said, this isn't a government anymore. It, it's a crime syndicate. And it's run by the banksters, the drug dealers, the military-industrial complex, and big tech. And Judge Napolitano, thank you so much for being on with me today. Pleasure, Charles. Salenti and the judge. The information that you give is so precious, it's so, it's so valuable, and it's really the heart of America that you speak from your heart that so few know about. And a person of your knowledge and, and your background and your, your work in, is your, in your life is so cherished by so many. So thank you so much for being on with us today. Until next week, my friend. Thank you.